0: amazing grace Kona, welcome you to today's lesson from pastor izzy manzo our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you now here's pastor izzy listen to these words matthew chapter 21 verse 28 he says to them but what do you think to these religious guys he said a man had two sons and he came to them the first one and he said son go to work today in the vineyard and so the son answered he said i will sir and he Yet he did not go. Then it says he came to the second son, and he said the same thing. But he answered and said, I will not. Yet afterwards he regretted it, and he went. Jesus asked him this question. He says, which of the two sons did the will of his father? And they said, the latter. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, tax gatherers and harlots will get into the kingdom of heaven before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax gatherers and harlots did believe him. And you, seeing this, you did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. Well, he's really nice to them, isn't he? He calls them right on the carpet. He that I tell you what. Now, by the way, anyone could tell me, the guy who's writing this gospel, this very first book of the New Testament, what was his name again? Look up at the top, Matthew, that's right. And what was his occupation before he came to follow Jesus? Tax collector. Do you think that these words had any meaning to the guy who's writing this book? As he heard Jesus speak these words to these religious men, he records that the first guys, Jesus says, according to Jesus' words, I tell you truly, verily, verily, it says in the Old King James, verily means truly, truly. I say to you that tax gatherers and harlots will get into the kingdom of heaven before you religious guys. And he said, why? Well, think about the parable of the two sons. The first son he went to and said, go work in the vineyard. What do you do in vineyards anyway? You pick the grapes. You bring in the crop. You you gather the fruit. You tend the, you prune, you clean, you get everything ready. Go work in the vineyard. Oh, yes, sir, I will. But then he didn't go. But to the second son, he said, go work in the vineyard. The same thing. He said, no, dad. But afterwards, he what? He regretted it. He had remorse. He said, oh, okay, I got to go do what my dad wants. So what's he saying about the tax collector and the harlot? That they, they may not have done what God wanted at first, but when they felt remorse, regret, when they heard John say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Make ye straight the way of the Lord. Get ready for the coming of the They turned and went into the Father's field and began to work. He said, th- Which one did the Father's will? The one who said, Yes, I will, but didn't? Or the one who said, No, I won't, but did. See, you know the saying, right? Actions speaks louder than what? Than words. By their actions, which one proved to do the Father's will? The one that went. The latter. And he's saying these tax gatherers, and I, I bet Matthew's sitting there going, "Me?" And these harlots—we could have had Mary Magdalene or one of the other Marys—they, they, they're gonna get into the kingdom before you guys. Why? Because they did the Father's will. Now he's not done with them. <laughs> Listen, he's just warming up. I love it. If, if you, how many had a chance to read ahead? To see what happened I mean, he I call this load up both barrels of the shotgun. He's gonna blast him with one, this is just the left side. Why should next barrel go off? Watch this. Next he says, listen to this. I got another parable for you guys. He just hit him with the parable of the two sons, but now he's got another one. He says there was a there was a certain landowner, and he planted a vineyard, he put a wall around it, he dug a wine press in it, he built a tower, got it all spruced up, and he rented it out. And he rented it out to the vine growers, and then he went on a journey. Verse 34 says, And when the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive the produce. Now when the vine growers took his, they, they took his slaves, they beat one, it says, and, and, and they killed the other one, and they stoned a third. Well, again, it says he sent another group of slaves larger than the first, and they did the same thing to them. But afterwards, he sent his son to them saying well certainly they'll respect my son but when the vine growers saw that it was the son they said amongst themselves well this is the heir come let us kill him and seize his inheritance so they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him therefore when the owner of the vineyard comes what will he do to those vine growers now these religious leaders they said to Jesus well, he'll bring those wretches to a wretched end and he'll rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds at the proper season. And Jesus said to them, Did you guys never read the sign? Oh, I'm sorry, it says the scripture. It was a sign to them. Right here, verse 42. This is actually Psalm 118, by the way. Very quoted psalm in the, in the Jewish liturgy. Psalm 118, verse 22. He quotes to them, Haven't you ever read... The scripture that says, The stone which the builders rejected. This stone became the what? The chief cornerstone. And this came about from the Lord. It is marvelous in our eyes. Now, if you're not familiar with what a cornerstone is, it's simply a, a term used in, in the architecture building of the day back then. It was the very f- most important stone when it came to erecting a building. Because the way that it, those of you that do math, how many are good at geometry here? Just just work with me here for a second. If you're not, just bear with. It. In in order to say you're building a, a rectangular building, and you got it, you know, you're, you're planning on it being 30 feet long, 20 feet wide, and it's gonna, you know, however 15 feet high. You need to make sure that somehow the layout of all the stone, they, and they used massive stones back then for their walls. But in order for them all to line up and come you know, into a perfect rectangle, you had to, you had to have what they called a chief cornerstone, a stone that was, that was carved perfectly true. Had to be exactly at the right angle, 90 degrees, so that you could set it first, level it, and then shoot down the side, 30 feet that way, 20 feet this way, right? Then I'm going to make a bend Turn 90 degrees, and I'm going to go down that way 30 feet and come back 20. And and when I get back over to the opposing corners, if I shoot out this way and this way, and then I turn, what has to happen over in the far yonder corner? So that's hard to explain for the people listening on the radio. On the opposite diagonal, those two lines got those walls got to come together, right? If the one stone that you start with is ever so slightly flared out. A little bit bigger than 90 degrees. Say it's 91 degrees. What's going to happen to my walls on the opposite diagonal? They ain't going to come together. If it's 89 degrees, they're going to come together, but they're going to come together too close. They're not going to meet up. They're just going to crush together. It won't lay out right. The cornerstone is important in building. As a key feature in architecture, it is the most important that you— because that's how they set everything off of that. You've seen those Egyptians with the little thing. The guy's looking down the thing and they're measuring. They're doing that all off of the chief cornerstone. Jesus says, haven't you read the psalm? I mean, this is one of your signs. The very chief cornerstone, what was made to be the thing, what the whole thing is supposed to be built on. What, have, what, what did these religious guys do with the chief cornerstone says they rejected it you have, haven't you read this you guys are rejecting the very what's he saying to them this is this polite by the way no he's calling it like it is you have rejected the very thing that God has set to be the first thing. You've cast it aside. Now, therefore, it says in verse 43, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing what? Fruit. Do you think God wants fruit? We went over this last week. Does God want our fruit? Yes. And he who falls on this stone, it says, will be broken in pieces. But whomever this stone would fall upon, it will scatter him like dust. Now, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard these parables, of his they understood that he was speaking about who about them and he says and, and, when, and, and, and when they heard this listen to this they sought to do what they sought to seize Jesus and they and, and yet they were afraid of the multitudes because the multitudes multitudes had something figured out they figured out that he was a what a prophet they're like you don't get to do the things with the power that this guy has without God being behind you. They got, you know, their eyes, see, give me any day a person who has that heart to want to know. And just a, someone comes to me and says, you know, Pastor, I don't know about this stuff, what you talk about, but but I, I'm seeking to know. What? what uh, I, I just feel like I should seek, be a seeker in life and learner. I said, man, give me anyone, any day who has a heart that they just are open to seek and find out about God. Because the ones who are open, they're no trouble. You know, they're like, you know, hey, excuse me, have you tasted tropical dreams yet? No? Here, just samples. Because all you got to do is say, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Here, try the Lord. Just try. Because see, when they try Him, you know, by the way, it doesn't, There's, I hate these hard sell guys. You know, those... You know those pushy back east, the New Yorkers. They take the they take the get try this and they stuff it in your face and you know you don't want it and you know, you really don't want it because the way the guy's offering it to you know it's like forcing it down your throat and you're like no I don't want it. See I I, I, I kind of don't do well with those that approach. I like the guy who says, would you like some? And it gives you a chance to decide it make this and you know when it comes to gospel i found if you try to hard sell jesus it's just like hard those guys they i don't want any this is just the way that i'm wired now some people they need it shoved down their throat okay god will send them someone else i'm sure to be their sampler but for me all i got to do is say have you tried the lord i, I just tell them, have you tried it yourself have you tried him because if you try him, see, I, I already tried. I, I, the guy who led me to Christ, I love that he never said, Christ, you got to take him and you got to taste. Did you taste this um, particular flavor? Did you get the cinnamon note? Did you get the little vanilla? Did you fit? Did you did you like the little peanuts in the chocolate? Or, No, man, he just said, here, try. You just try and see. And you know what I found out about the Lord? Man, he knows every one of us is different. You know, some of you want chocolate. Some of you want Tropical Dreams coconut. The hapia is good. You like it, the, the, right? They got a whole bunch of good flavors. But some of you going, no, oh, I don't want hapia. I want, I want the one with the Rocky Road or I want the other one. You know, and you know what I found out when it comes to the Lord? He knows what you like the best. And when it comes to Him having Him give out the sample to you, He will give the right sample to you that you need. And this is why it's so important that Christians don't go forcing, let's force my sample on you. Let me tell you how I tasted the Lord. He's just like this, and you got to take this. And the person will go, I don't really need that. But well, they might need something else. See, God is big enough to give out multiple diverse samples of Him. And the guy who taught me about Jesus told me, just tell them to try Him. He'll take care of giving them what they need. Just like He met you the way that you need it. See, so we need to leave a little more room for Him to work. We need to put more focus on Him and point all the signs to Him so people when they're around us are going, yeah, we heard from those guys. They said go to That Jesus guy, go to him. He's the one that can take care of whatever ails you. He's the one who can fix the problem. And to the religious guys that were supposed to have already noticed, he says, I tell you what, the tax collectors and the harlots are going to get in before you. Because they heard the message to turn from their sin, to repent. And they followed that message. And they've come to me. But you guys, you don't even produce any fruit You're fruitless. They knew he was talking about him. Did they like it? They hated him. Enough that they want to kill the guy who's giving out, not just the sampler, he's giving out the stuff of all that you need for your spiritual life. He's the one who's, he said, I came to do my Father's will. My Father's will is that none should perish, but all would, what? What did Peter say? Come to repentance. I want all to be saved. I came to give life, to give life more abundantly. I love the things what Jesus says. He says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to what? To save it. When I hear these things that he did, I say, man, he is good. You know, we sang that song, his steadfast love of the Lord never what? Never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Anyone dig that? That God's mercy never, he never runs out. He didn't go, well, I already used a couple portions of mercy on you, you know. You've used up your limit. No more mercy for you. See, he wasn't raised Sicilian, I'm sure of it. My Sicilian relatives, they got a portion limit. You had already a couple times of mercy. That's it. No more mercy for you. That's how they talk too. I'm not kidding you. Well, it's a little thicker accent and they use it in Italian. But just so you know, that the idea is like there's some kind of limit. But with God. Someone asked me, "Where's that, is that a verse, what we sing, that's, that steadfast love? Yeah, Lamentations 3.22 and 23. See that? The Lord's mercies, loving kindness, indeed it never ceases. And His compassions, they never fail. They are new every morning. And great is thy faithfulness. Oh, now that's a good, that's a rich way to end, isn't it? Just to remember, he is, guys, we don't always do it right. But it says even when we're unfaithful, he stays faithful. And we just need a reminder that sometimes that we got a faithful God. He knows our frame. The Bible says he's mindful that we are but dust. We don't always get it all right. We don't always do things. But you know, I love that Matthew would record the part that says tax collectors first guys in you know just he just had to put that in there the guy writing the very first book of the new testament was a tax collector and he's going and we get in do, do you see the irony of that now that the guy writing it is going we heard jesus chew out the religious guys and he even included us that we get to get in first because we we heard John's message and we listened today I hope if you have something you're struggling with and you haven't repented of it that you you would turn don't just say I'm sorry sorry doesn't cut it sorry is not true repentance I've used the example oh this is perfect the tropical dreams you want to go see some get some ice cream right and, and I tell you you got to just go to the Queen Highway get on the highway go north Read the signs, you get there, you're in great, trop- you're going to have a heavenly ice cream for lunch. And you start driving and you see one sign says, Volcano, 92 miles. Okay. You keep driving, next sign, Volcano, 67 miles. And you start thinking to yourself, Volcano, they didn't say nothing about Volcano on Tropical Dreams Road. It is on the road, it's just on the what? The other end, you're going the wrong way. You're going to wind up in a hot place. Not in breezy Javi with tropical dreams I hate you be sweating down there with a the volcano. You're going the wrong way. The sign is telling you you're going the wrong By the way, that's all John the Baptist did. His whole ministry was hey, you guys going that way? You need to do what? Repent. What does repent mean? Turn around. Okay, you could say, oh, I'm sorry. You know people, they say, I repented of my sin. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. And they keep on going in that way of sin. Did they really repent? No. True repentance isn't saying I'm sorry because they're like the guy he drives, keep going, keep going. Tro- I'm waiting for tropical Jesus. Says, he says, Volcano, 43 miles. Oh, I started at 92. I'm like almost fi- 50 miles sorry more sorry than when I started because if I would have gone the other way I wouldn't have to go back now I got to drive extra 100 miles there goes my gas I'm so sorry and then they get back on the road and which way they keep going down to the volcano you know there are guys spiritually they go in the wrong way in life and you tell them repent and they do, they ignore the prophet that says Turn around. But they keep saying, I'm sorry. Well, the Bible says there is manly sorrow and it leads unto death. But godly sorrow, true repentance, makes you get that car and do what? Turn around. Start going the right way. And in your life, if you're struggling with some sin, I just get to be the messenger to say to you, Turn. It's your choice. I cannot make you make it. But I can encourage you. I can tell you it's better than going farther and staying in that path and keep going down the wrong way and then getting more and more sorry about how far you've gotten away from your goal. Today is a good day to turn away from any sin. Better than waiting till tomorrow to do, it. Is it good for us to turn this day? I mean, how do you even know you get tomorrow? Do we have a guarantee? No. So, if you're here today or you're hearing this on the radio or the internet, however, you get to hear this message, and you hear these words and they're speaking to your spirit that you need to turn away from something, I get to be, I I feel like I'm just a mouthpiece, a little wagging tongue for God. Listen up. Today's a good day to turn. Turn away from your sin and go the right way. The destination. Let me tell you, it's worth it. Getting to is getting to the Lord worth it in our life. Getting to Him. Oh, guys, that's the goal. Let's keep our eyes on that goal. Amazing Grace, Kona. Thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua-Kona on the big island of Kauai, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.